Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Bruce Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Bruce Chris that Oilers Now sent you. As uh, momentarily, we are going to hook up with our headliner today for touchback safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. I'm just wondering maybe if I've sent uh, Brendan the wrong number. Let's just see here. How do you do that again? Uh, Okay. Brendan, I'm going to resend you a number here momentarily. All right, my man? That would be helpful. Here we go. All right. Okay. Uh, we're going to hook up with Tyler Wright, the Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, uh, in mere moments. Keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, a great show. Well, thank you for that. Flattery will get you everywhere. Do you think Edmonton could work out a cleft bomb, a first-round pick, Russell deal for... Uh, Ekman Larson. Uh, I think the Oilers could get in on Ekman Larson. Just remember, when, regardless of who comes in there with Arizona, my belief is that uh, they are going to be a team that doesn't want to take money on. Okay, they'll take cap on, but not necessarily real dollars. Figure that out. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, what I'm saying. And you may see a scenario. Um, you may see a scenario where they definitely want picks and prospects. All right, that's what they're looking for. So uh, we'll wait and see in that regard. Without further ado, Tyler Wright. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show. I know you guys were doing some uh, meetings today, so thanks for rearranging your schedule. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, three weeks out. Uh, has this been the, the you know the, the strangest of years experiences ever uh, dealing uh, with an NHL draft? Just everything that we've had to go through. Yeah, to say the least. Um, yeah, crazy. You know, crazy times. Just crazy times in the world, and crazy time and you know in our business. And you know, the draft should have been you know three or four months ago already. And moving on to the next group of kids and. So we're trying to be creative and trying to have a lot of dialogue and. You know, at the end of the day, we're we're trying to be as diligent as possible and 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 be prepared. So we're we're meeting again all this week here and um, doing some kind of final preparations. Obviously, we've got a little bit of a luxury because of you know some of these kids have actually started up and started playing. So you can kind of see some progression that maybe that they they've made uh, or the lack of progression for that matter um, over the course of the last six seven months. There's a cyclical nature to the scouting season, which would include things like a U18 tournament, uh, which I think is played late April every year, uh, but also the fact that some scouts want to see, specifically for junior age players, how guys play in the playoffs, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thinking of a guy like Caden Gooley and Prince Albert, whether or not 
you know, if Pia had gone on an extended run, is he a guy that finishes higher in the, in the eyes of a lot of people? Most, you know, a lot of uh, the guides have him range somewhere between 12 through 20. And, and so do you have to factor things in like that? I mean, I know you had your respective viewings during the regular season, but don't you often kind of want to see guys at the highest level? So for junior kids, it's in the, you know, the major junior playoffs. And then for uh you know, the U18s, specifically the American kids on that national development program, that's a big tournament for them. You didn't have that this year. So does that add to the challenge in terms of the evaluation process, Tyler? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's it's such a fine line. Um, you know, I think as an industry in general, you know, not just us as NHL teams and, and scouts, but I think the, the industry, media, social media, all that stuff, you know, whatever's being played now, whether somebody's involved, uh, you know, at a world championships in April, uh, whatever's kind of on their freshest, you know, on their mind, kind of is their last kind of thought process. Whether a kid, young man, played well, play well, or somebody's injured and doesn't have the opportunity to participate, they kind of get not lost, but you tend to you tend to push people a little bit, and I'm not saying it's right, but it's fresher in your mind. So I think it is a fine line, and we're you know whether the 18s, you know, if they did being played, we're to be respectful and making sure that this is a process, uh, a body of process of work that's not just done this year. You know, I mean, a lot of these kids have been on the radar for two, three years, and we've kind of seen them at default because, A, they're playing up a level or they're just dominating at certain levels while we're watching other players. So, you know, this body of work is, is not really just done in one year. It, it's basically done over a course of a couple of years. And, and you know, I think one thing that you know, you've got to make sure is we – we try to get as many viewings early because of injury and you know so with the thing shutting down you know basically march 12th um you know i think we we did a pretty good job as far as identifying kids early that we liked and try to get as many multiple viewings as as we could because we try to try to base whether or not you know a european kid is going to get left from um you know released from his his main club and, and go to play in a world 18 or is he too vital to the club? So it's difficult, um, but at the same sense, I mean, we we have to make sure that you know we're trying to project these kids, eighteen-year-old kids, which is really hard to do, um, to be the best player that they can be, and hopefully be at the age of you know twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. Some take a little bit longer than others. Tyler, the age-old question, I'm going to hit you with it right now, right here, right now. The Edmonton Oilers, last two years, uh, they drafted Broberg 8th and uh, Bouchard 10th. The two best prospects in the organization are both defensemen. You're sitting at 14. Would you hesitate taking a defenseman at 14 based upon the fact that the organization has superior long-term depth on defense? Do you want me to give you the honest answer, or do you want me to give you a cliched answer? <laughs> I want you to give me – I want <laughs> – I think the listeners want the honest answer. Well, I'm a real boring interview, and to be honest with you, Bob, 
obviously 13 picks are going to be hit, be, be made ahead of us. Right. We're, we have to take the best player available that we deemed as a staff. Yeah. Um, whether that's, you know, our, our philosophy and the way that we think is different than the way that maybe the Boston Bruins or the Philadelphia Flyers think. The way that we want this Oilers team to look like in a, in a couple of years, this guy's going to be a major piece to that. And if that's on the back end, um, then that's a defenseman. I don't, I don't see too many organizations in this league that have too many good defensemen. Uh, whether that's a goalie, um, I don't see too many organization saying we have too many number one goalies. If that's a scoring leader or, or, or a, you know, a center down the middle, you can't have enough good, good, good players. So um, we know we're going to get a real good player at 14, um, and we take the best player. If it's a defenseman, it's a defenseman. If it's a forward, it's a forward. If it's a goalie, we understand you know, the depth charts of, of what we need and, and what the perception everybody wants us to take. You're a better man than me, Tanner. I'll tell you that right now. I would not take a goaltender at 14. I think, especially a goaltender from Russia. And I know what the analytics say. Uh, you're laughing. I know what the analytics say. The analytics say, and I know a guy that did this. He's a very smart fellow by the name of Michael Parcani. Uh, there's four types of players that drop in the draft Russians, uh, guys that get injured in their draft years. Guys that put disproportionately low amounts of goal totals up versus assists, and then guys that get are guys that are short. Those are the four types of players that slide in the draft. Matthew Barzell had three of those in his draft year, and uh, Boston passed on him three times, and the Oilers passed on him and traded that pick. Uh, just on the size thing, less of an issue today than ever before. Is that fair? I think so. Um, you mean? I mean, to combat what you say, actually, Bob, like, I mean, there's a there's only in Tampa Bay that went at 18 in the first round that's playing pretty good right now. Yes, yes, he is. Um, you know, there's small players that, you know, another small player in Tampa Bay that's playing pretty good right now. He's injured and didn't play uh, yep. last night. You know, the game is forever changing, and, and the game is evolving, and, you know, it's, it's kind of what the flavor is today. Um, uh, small, small players. You mean if you do, you're going to be a small team. Um, can you win? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. You mean I think you can win. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we've got a new class of, of players that you know are already in the in the organization with guys like Connor and Leon and Nuge and Yamamoto emergence and like you said with Broberg and Bouchard and. You know, Bear taking a step, and Jones with Clef and Larson. Like, we, we've got a good nucleus, so we're, we're, we're trying to complement those those players with some of the Oilers players. Radio. Uh, sorry, yeah, you're 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 just saying you're looking to complement the core that you've got here, and actually, you've got some size with your core. That's the thing. Look on the fence. Clef bomb is not a small guy. Darnell Nurse, terrific athlete, bigger man. Uh, you got Larson. You have Broberg and Bouchard coming. Samarukov coming. They're all six foot two plus defensemen. Uh, you've, Connor and Leon are not small centers. So uh, I'm just saying, Tyler. For me, I think I think where players have been undervalued are the smaller players in the draft over the last 15 years. That's where the bar Braden Point was a bargain. Brendan Gallagher was a bargain. Uh, people bet against those guys based on size. And I just, I, I think there's been a movement away to that over the last couple of years of the draft. I guess that's where I'm going. 
Wow, we're having some technical difficulties. Brendan, can you do me a favor and see if you can get Tyler in one place here? Okay, just put Tyler on pause, on hold. And because uh, it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like we're having some minor technical uh, difficulties there. And Tyler's kicking in and out. You can text us at 780 780-496-0063. Uh, this text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. For those of uh, us who don't understand what the cap is, could you please put it in simple language? I'll get back to that text later. I think we got Tyler again. So bottom line, Tyler, is teams have moved away from size being a focal point. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's, I mean, you can really dive into this really deep, and we, and we do. I mean, there there are six foot three forwards and six foot three defensemen that play like they're five foot nine. You know, right? Size size is one thing. Um, it's a physical attribute. Um, it seems like the bigger players always have to prove that they can't play, and the smaller players always have to prove that they can play. Um, but when you're a smaller player, do you play bigger? Uh, do you win puck battles? And I'm not saying big is in fighting. And we're, we're talking about heavy sticks going into traffic. Uh, creating cycles, um, getting plays off of the rush, creating plays in front of the net, all those little things. Uh, so you, you, you weigh that in, in, in the factor a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, are they good players? Are they going to help you win? Are they going to be, are they going to help you move the needle going forward? And we've got a lot of work to do and, and the depth. You know, kind of comes in in the Tampa and, and plays well on the back end. Have enough good defense, have enough good goaltending, have enough good forwards. It's um, we got a couple of players that we've already got and come forward, and that's what we're talking. All right, Tyler, look, we're still having some technical difficulties. Thank you for joining us for the 15 minutes. Uh, we appreciate it. Best of luck. We'll maybe try to do this once more about a week before the draft. Thanks a lot, Tyler. All right. You bet. That is Tyler Wright. Uh, uh, this text comes in, Bob, your show is like last night's hockey game, glitchy and boring. Be better. Well, thank you for that. Um uh, Bob, Layla might have been the best rock and roll song of all time. Great opening for your show. Rita Coolidge might have written that song. It's an interesting possibility. <laughs> I didn't know that. Is that right? I don't Okay. Uh, this text from Kurt. Bob, I'm a fan of Darnell Nurse, but with the flat cap situation, 5.6 million, it's a lot of money for a third or fourth defenseman. I hate to say it, but Nurse might be the best trade opportunity to get a high quality return and free up some cap space. Please provide your thoughts from Kurt. The, uh, I, I think that Darnell Nurse is an important part of the Oilers' future. That's what I would say. Uh, Bob, have you seen anything about a rumor? Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Chris Russell plus our fifth being sent to Minnesota for Dumba and their second pick. No. 
I've not seen that. I would be stunned by that. It makes zero sense from Edmonton's perspective. That sounds to me a lot like wishful thinking on the part of Minnesota. I'm not surprised that Matthew Dumba is out there. From the, I, I'm surprised at what Jonas Brodin got, a uh, seven-year extension of six million dollars for a defenseman that doesn't put up points. Um, he's a good defenseman. That's a lot of that's a lot of cake for for him. We're going to take a timeout. It's 12:50 in Edmonton. We'll try to be better in the final uh, hour and ten minutes of the show. Again, Tyler Wright was our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Touchback Safety. When it's time for safety training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. we got lots to get to, including NHL Today for elite promotional marketing when we return. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Tyler on again about a week before the draft. We'll find a way to get him on a landline because that was not a very clean feed. You can uh, text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It's 1252 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Let's get to NHL today for elite promotional marketing. New a face mask for everybody. Visit their online face mask shop by going to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Uh, and back at the 630 Chad Studios. Brendan, uh, were you running around downstairs in engineering, or what was happening, or were the gremlins in the building? Because suddenly suddenly we had 2019 draft day coverage on Oilers now. I know. You'd think I'm sitting here with a case of the yips. I don't know what was going on there. That's why it took me so long to get that off of the air. Apologies. We're past it. Uh, night off for the NHL after the big overtime winner by Jordan Eberle last night. Salvaged the Islanders' season. They get a breather tonight before Game 6 tomorrow, which is a 6 p.m. puck drop here on 6.30 Chet. Florida Panthers let go of assistant coach Mike Kitchen after an alleged kicking incident on the bench this season. Uh, back on January 20th, a player slammed a water bottle in frustration and doused Kitchen, who then allegedly kicked the player in response and uh, multiple sources corroborating that it wasn't exactly a love tap of a kick either. Uh, so that's just a, one of many incidents, I suppose, over the last number of months. Uh, the Canadians working towards a multi multi-year contract extension with Joel Edmondson, whose rights they traded for uh, from Carolina for a fifth rounder. 27-year-old is a pending unrestricted free agent. Blues assistant GM Bill Armstrong is emerging as the leading candidate for the vacant GM posting in Arizona. In fact, Yotes beat reporter Craig Morgan says that an offer uh, has already been passed along to Armstrong, so we'll wait on that front. And uh, Natalie Minkler is going to join us at about 1.45 today to talk about the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation online 50-50. It is returning for the Stanley Cup final, Bob. All right. Uh, Wonderlick Willie has texted the show to say, Bob, don't read rumor texts. They insult the intelligence of you, uh, your guests, and the listeners. All the best from Wonderlick Willie. Again, you can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oh, man. Uh... <laughs> Bob, why do people want to trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins? No one wants to trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I responded to uh, something that was sent our way. That was it. Uh, This text comes in from Cowtown Bob. Bob, from Cowtown Bob, okay. Bob, there's no future for the Oilers but bleak if they keep Darnell Nurse. What? Uh, Some days, I, I just don't get it. Like over the last three years, he's he's been pretty good. I just don't get it. Some days, 
Don't get it. Don't get it at all. A lot of uh, hate, hate out there, I think, that I, like, you know, the funny thing is, we go into the pandemic. At the time of the pandemic, Mike Smith had ratcheted his game back up. Koskinen was sitting at 9-17. You're thinking, oh, the Oilers goaltending is fine. No hockey for four months. Come back. Mike Smith starts as a tough start against Chicago, gives a puck away. The team gets unglued. The team's top defense pairing, Clefbaum and Larson, not good enough in either of the two games that Larson played with Clefbaum, and Clefbaum struggled all playoffs. So the, the, the pairing that's supposed to ground the team a bit struggling, and the goalies fought the puck a bit. Not good enough. This is where I remind you last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning, a 60-win team. 16 losses in an 82-game regular season. With the Vesna Trophy winner in goal, and Vasilevsky had a sub-870 save percentage in the playoff series against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And their three best players combined for five points. Sometimes you might not want to overreact to a four-game series. I'm just saying. Bob, Darnell Nurse is at worst a number three out of most teams and likely a number two. People don't get what they're uh, don't know what they're talking about. Well, I think we have a lot of knowledgeable listeners to this show. I really do. And there's uh, there's several people that listen to the show that played hockey at a relatively high level, and uh, they understand the competitive nature. And most of them will tell you the same thing: the players that improve the most put in the work. Guess what Darnell does? Darnell puts in the work. He's got a chance to continue to improve. Uh, you still need to be physical. You still need to be tough. And uh, this was a different role for Darnell in this year's playoffs. Play in. Uh, then back in 2017, I'm just surprised at some of the vitriol that's directed his way. And at times it's a little bit, a little bit frustrating. Darnell Nurse has a crap attitude when the Oilers trail, says this texter, causes dumb penalties such as such recently as the playoff series against Chicago. We need guys that will rise to the occasion. He drags players down with him. Sure, he's a decent defensive, uh, uh, defensively when he's playing under 25 minutes, but I think there's value for him somewhere else. Well, actually, statistically, he's a decent offensive defenseman. Tied for seventh in five-on-five points over the course of the last three years. With Victor Hedman. No one's saying he's Victor Hedman. I'm just saying that he's seventh in the league in uh, points five on five, which would suggest he's a decent offensive defenseman at even strength because he can skate and make plays. Let's go into the Oilers now. Injury report. It is presented by our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, uh, Braden Point is questionable ahead of tomorrow's uh, Game 6 against the Islanders. He's now missed two of the last three games in the series. Stamkos has been skating, but that's about all we know about uh, his injury status, and we expect John Cooper to remain mum on point as well. I saw the texter asking about Nikita Kucherov. Same story. Tampa's holding their cards real close to their vest, Bob. So updates are, are limited. Just consider them a game-time decision. There we have it. It is 12.58 in Edmonton. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, John Shannon, our NHL insider, and from the Oilers Community Foundation, Natalie Minkler, coming up in hour number two of Oilers Now. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. 
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.